0: Today and Claire she goes. I think we get too wrapped up in the end product we don't enjoy the journey. Jennifer Bud.
1: Hey guys, it has been a while. And you should know what I've been up to. I'm looking at expanding my horizons and doing interviews. Now, the first time I tried to record an interview, I faced some issues that all but killed the idea for me, but it's been revived and I'm pleased to say that I completed my first in-person interview earlier this week. The tag that you're gonna hear on today's show is from a set of interviews that I have nicknamed Love Paris. Some Canadians may know Paris, Ontario from its cheese commercial by the Dairy Farmers of Canada. What you may or may not know is that Paris is also home to many talented people, including my subject today, Jennifer Budd. Jennifer is the creator of Woolscape's original felted paintings. I sat down with her earlier this week to discuss her work. So, how did you get started as
0: an artist? Well, I. I was really blessed in that I grew up on a farm in Scotland, Mm -hmm. an intergenerational farm, and next door to where we lived was my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And My grandmother was a very gifted artist and she put a paintbrush in my hand when I was three years old. Wow. And it's interesting. I was just talking to my dad the other day and he remembers me sitting at the kitchen table in the old farmhouse mm-hmm. uh, painting as a very little girl. And my grandmother would be baking at the other end of the table, keeping an eye on me. But she would uh, paint with me mm-hmm. throughout my whole childhood and into my teen years. And uh, yes, yeah, she um, she instilled a, a, a love of looking carefully at my world and to appreciate the light. And uh, yeah so that's there, there's been a need to to create art from a very early age and I would carry around a little uh, awesome. sketchbook and pen uh, even into my late teens early 20s I was always sketching but I didn't go to school to study art oh okay. I went um, I wasn't really encouraged to do that actually because uh, I think my family worried about making a living as an artist, which is incredibly hard to do. Mm-hmm. So I went off to university and I graduated as an occupational therapist wow. in 1982 and have worked as an OT for oh, 35 years. Wow. Uh, yes, yes. So, but Wonderful. I have always used art in my work. Uh, I worked as a mental health clinician for 20 years and I now work in palliative care. So, uh, But art is
1: always a big part of my life. Wonderful. One of the things I wondered about your art now you say you started with paint. Yes. What made me made you make the transition from paint to felt? Well that's a, a really good question.
0: I um, yeah, I, I used watercolors extensively until two thousand and nine mm-hmm. when I attended a workshop. that was offering needle felting, so that's creating uh, images with a very sharp needle and strands of wool, and it was love at first sight. I fell in love with the technique, I was sort of mesmerized by how I could create images using this technique, and I I just decided, oh, this, this is amazing, I love the texture, I love the colors, and I went on to study more about the technique and developed more skills, um, because that was using just um, dry wool and a needle, I then went on and learned how to do wet felting, which is making felt using hot water and soap and friction. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had learned how to embroider as a little girl, so yes. then I decided I would introduce embroidery onto the pieces. So there's, um, so, so and, and continue to explore mm-hmm. um, this medium, um, wool comes in very many different types depending on which sheep the wools come from. Okay. Um, so I, yes, I'm experimenting with some Shetland wool, Merino wool, mm-hmm. uh, silk, uh, lots of... Uh, so there's still lots for me to learn and mm-hmm. explore with the medium, but I have not tired of it yet. I felt probably every other day I make felt mm-hmm. and, uh, and then decide what I'm going to do with the felt. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have a couple
1: of questions now. Um let's see your web page says that you create using wool rovings. So what mm-hmm. are rovings? Well, roving
0: is what the wool looks like before it's spun into mm-hmm. yarn. So the 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 sheep is sheared, okay, and then the wool is washed and processed and it ends up being in long strips. I should have some to show you, but it's okay. it's um it's it's long pieces of fiber mm-hmm. that would then go on and be used in it to create wool that then you could knit with or make fabric with. So it's sort of the step before spinning. Okay. So then to make the felt, what would you do? With Um, So, to make felt, um, it's the same principle as if you shrink a wool sweater. Okay. So, if you've ever thrown a wool jumper in the washing machine, Mm -hmm. and it's come out much smaller than when you put it in, so making felt is is the same principle. I use hot water Mm -hmm. and soap on the fibers to make them knit together, Mm -hmm. and then I get something really strong. Now, felt... goes back to um, uh, biblical times, Mm -hmm. Um, and the story goes that the disciples, as they were walking, uh, took little bit tufts of sheep's wool from the bushes and wrapped Mm -hmm. it around their feet. And as they were walking, with the sweat and friction, they made slippers for themselves. (laughs) So that is uh, (laughs) that's how the story goes. I've never heard that story before. But felt is Mm -hmm. is really an ancient Mm -hmm. uh, practice. And there is a patron saint of felt, and I can't bring Mm -hmm. his name to mind, Hmm. but so felt was, was used Mm -hmm. because it has lots of properties. It's light, it breathes, it's actually, um, will repel water. Yes. And, um, so it, it, it's a wonderful fabric and and was used extensively in ancient times for hats, slippers, blankets, Mm -hmm. Um, because
1: they had wool and this is what they did with it. Awesome. So I see you have a few pieces here. At this point Jennifer shows me two different pieces of art. One brightly coloured, the other in more neutral tones.
0: Yes, so this is Shetland wool. It's actually... I'm going to let you feel two different kinds of wool. So that's Mm -hmm. Shetland and this is Merino. And you'll notice this is a lot softer, the Merino wool. The merino mm-hmm. sheep are raised in Australia and New Zealand
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the Shetland wool is from the Shetland Islands in Scotland and it's much coarser. Mm-hmm. You can feel the difference. Mm-hmm. But both both
1: fibers will make felt. Okay. Yeah. See, and yeah. I'm noticing like the different colors and I wanted to ask you a question about the colors that you use. Okay. Did you have any particular preferences? Or? Well, the Shetland wool this piece yes. you're holding here mm-hmm. is all
0: natural shades of um, this is. These are the colors the sheep come in. Mm-hmm. Yes. so There's fawns, grays, and browns, mm-hmm. and is it purple. And that's well, that's that's embroidery. so yes. But the actual yes. wool piece is is the um, color that the sheep, the the breed of the sheep. Oh, okay. Um, the merino wool mm-hmm. that piece is, is this has been um, wool has been commercially dyed. Yes. So it's there's bright blues and purples and greens and obviously colors that sheep do not come in. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Um, so I like to use both, um, you know, the commercially dyed wool gives you lots of opportunity to try different compositions and, uh, the naturally, um, occurring colors are are very soft and gentle and, uh, can create a whole different image actually. Mm -hmm. So I like both. Um, I probably use more commercially dyed wool than I do natural.
1: Okay. but
0: the reason I've been experimenting with the Shetland rule is that I'm actually teaching on the Shetland Islands this summer, which oh, is very wow, exciting, okay. so I've been creating uh, projects that I will uh, be teaching to uh, the woman on the island of Fettler, mm-hmm. which is one of the Shetland Islands,
1: in, in June. In, in Europe? In uh, Scotland. Okay, Scotland. In Scotland. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, that sounds fascinating. You have worked with watercolors and you've also worked with, well, you're still working with felting. Yes. If you could work with another medium, what would it be?
0: Well, it's interesting that you asked me that question because my grandmother um, was also a a gifted um, oil painter, Mm -hmm. but we never got around to me learning how to use oils with her. And it's been something I've wanted to do forever. So this January I went out and I bought oil paints Mm -hmm. And canvases, and I'm very fortunate. In my neighbour, whose red um, shed that you can see at the back of my garden, yes. she offers oil painting lessons in that mm-hmm. <laughs> studio that she has there. So, as of January, actually, I've been exploring um, oil painting. Oh, wonderful! Using oils, and uh, so far, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, the The part that I'm enjoying the most is using the palette knife. So I use brushes to start with, but uh, the palette knife speaks to me. And there's actually a little piece on my porch. uh, I'll show it to you before you leave. That I just was working on a few days ago. Mm -hmm. But I like creating a lot of texture with the paint.
1: Wonderful. Artists like Mm. to tell stories with their work. Mm -hmm, Do you have a favorite story that you've told through your art? Oh goodness. Um, Maybe
0: not so much stories but um, replicating memories. Okay. Because my work is essentially um, informed by the land that I grew up in.
1: Pardon me again, listener. Let me share with you, there is a lovely piece of art hanging on Jennifer's wall. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I'm creating a piece of art, it's about revisiting the
0: land of my birth. Yes. And that I think that's, and so I, I guess pieces do tell stories as you're remembering mm-hmm. a day or um, a place or something happening. Um, this piece in the kitchen here yeah. is, I can tell a little story about that piece. So my dad turned 70 uh, nine years ago. He'll be 80 in January. Mm-hmm. And I flew home that January for his 70th birthday party. And it was a very snowy um, couple of days in Perthshire where he lives and we, we could tell on this particular day that this, it was going to be a magnificent sunset. Mm-hmm. So we jumped in his car and chased the sunset. It was, oh just an, it, was, it was just a lovely, lovely late afternoon drive with my dad and he was very patient. You know, we stopped the car numerous times so I could take loads of photos of the sky. It was just so dramatic um, this red and orange and navy blue sky setting over the the snow and the hills. So that piece is is um, from that time that my dad and I spent together on that uh, late afternoon in January in wow. Scotland. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. That and and that's why I won't part with that piece because it holds uh, a very special memory of time with my dad, mm-hmm, driving around Perthshire. <laughs> it's home. It is. It's very much home. Um, that place is called Glenarmond mm-hmm. which is about 15
1: minutes from where I grew up. I see. What would you say to somebody, turning the tables or getting into, I don't Mm-mm. know, in your instructive interests, yeah. what would you say to someone who wanted to be an artist?
0: Oh, what would I say to someone who wants to be an artist? I would say... Um, Relax and enjoy the process and not get too worried about the finished article Mm. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to create something amazing and um, I think when we get too wrapped up in the end product, we don't enjoy the journey and for me um, The the beauty and the joy comes from creating and I think if you um, focus on that part you will you will make something beautiful,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and to to not be discouraged, to um, enjoy what you're doing and relax and um, and and when you're inspired, just to if you see something that you think oh that is beautiful, just to paint it or felt it or <laughs> mm-hmm. sketch it and yes. and to always have a little sketchbook with you, Mm -hmm. or or a camera, or be looking for images that inspire you. Yes. I guess that's what I would say. Okay.
1: (laughs) Now, thinking of the future, what is next for you? What are your plans? Oh, Oh, well, again, that's an
0: awesome question and very timely. So, um, the felting has, has really, Started to take over my life mm-hmm. and our house. Oh, okay. my husband. I know we're in my kitchen where you don't see any felt uh, except the pieces. <laughs> yeah, there, there's felt around, but yes. Yeah, so, so the the attic is completely converted into a studio for me, and okay. uh, our family room also mm-hmm. <laughs> has wool and embroidery threads, and so just to say that I, as of October, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a full-time artist.
1: Oh, wonderful.
0: Yeah. So, so your, your question is very timely. I've had a very full and satisfying career in healthcare. Mm -hmm. I've learned so much and, but I'm at a point in my life where I can transition from healthcare into uh, being self-employed and, be a full-time artist yes you've got to seize the opportunity yes uh, well and you know I work in palliative care and mm-hmm. I I I work with people who, who do have regrets and, and wish that maybe they'd live their lives differently and so I've been given this opportunity to explore my gift and I want to do it I don't I know life can change quickly mm-hmm. you know illness can come upon us or things change so I've, I'm gonna seize this time and explore my
1: passion wonderful <laughs>
0: oh i mean it wonderful yes. Yeah. Is... no i know i'm very agree. excited i mean some days i think oh my goodness what am i doing but there are other days where i think mm-hmm. no this is this is my path this is what's next for me
1: excellent awesome and that's my latest show Special thanks to Jennifer Budd. Her work can be found at Woolscapes.com. That's W O O L S C A P E S.com. Of course, I am in the usual spaces and places under the name Claire She Goes. Take care of yourself.